0: Let's just give Charlie a big round of applause once again for coming, absolutely smashed it. Very, very excited. So, the Millionaire Mastermind was created to teach business owners not just about building a business but about creating wealth, business being one vertical and um, wealth being many streams of income. And you know there are a lot of people in the room that want to build just one business and sell that business and there are people that want to look at other ways to invest. So, um, I've created a set of questions that hopefully are going to answer a lot of the questions um, and kind of dig and dive into your journey and how you You've done it. And I want to kick off with some quick fire questions, if that's okay. I know people usually do these at the end of the podcast, but I want to fire them at the beginning. So first things first, what's the most expensive item that you've ever purchased?
1: Um, A property, I would say, a property or you mean something-
0: Anything, yeah. What's the most thing, the thing you've spent the most money on? Um,
1: I'll say property. property. The uh, apartment I live in now, this penthouse or something, as they call it, so 10 mil. So that would be the most expensive.
0: Beautiful, so. T- well, well, I've obviously spent a few quid on many things. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just saying, but, you know, but yeah. That's, that's the biggest one-off purchase, yeah? The one-off, yeah. Amazing, one-off, beautiful. Yeah. 10 million penthouse underneath Tom Jones. Not bad, right? Mm-hmm. And it's on Millbank. I've been there. It's fantastic. Opposite that's MI5. amazing. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Okay, amazing, good. Second question. What's the most amount of money that you've ever made in one day? Mm-hmm. Can be sales, not profit. Eh? It can be sales, not profit. or... Um,
1: Okay, well, it's not profit, it would be sales. So we turn over 50 mil a year, and we got to that. So, whatever that is, it's a million a week. What's that a day? About 130k in it or something. So I would say, but then saying that, we turn over one and a half mil some weeks. So, Probably
0: near enough 000, 000 a million pounds a day, I would say, would be amazing. Profit, but obviously, not profit, obviously not. But, um, Beautiful.
1: Really awesome. million in
0: sales a day, yeah? No, uh, just, not, not a million a
1: day. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say about 100 and probably 150 Yeah, maybe, okay, in amazing. A day. But if you had
0: that, was that about a million a week, isn't it? Yeah, about 200, yeah. 200 grand a million a week. Yeah, yeah over it's five days. A,
1: a question that doesn't mean a lot what you're talking about, but I suppose if you're just trying to say how much have you made in a day, um, you know, you're definitely gonna make, you know, two, 300 grand out of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had some other other things that have gone on where you've, mm-hmm. you've come away with a, a
0: decent profit, like, you know. Uh, Beautiful. In the day, yeah. Excellent, fantastic. Um, number three, what would you consider a lot of money?
1: Um,
0: Oh, it's a lot of money. about 145 mil. A lot of money. Great answer, 145 mil, fantastic. Um, Okay, four. Um, What was the moment, when was the moment that you'd realized um, you'd created wealth? Where your life had really changed? Can you remember or recall? Um...
1: I think I started recognising it in two thousand two in, in two thousand we, we, we moved from a, a small building of two and a half thousand square foot into a thirty thousand square foot building. Wow. That's a massive move and, and you know and, and and then once that sort of got going in, in two thousand where you're building up, all of a sudden you think you've gone from a you know, a small business to hopefully a, a, a massive business. And then, then I realised then that there was, you know, how much money was going to be mm-hmm. around kind of thing. Even though some times were difficult, it just, you've gone from like working from home to getting an office kind of thing. It seemed that jump. But when, when you've already got office premises and, you know, two and a half thousand square foot, like probably two of these to 30,000, it's like, it, it's, it's a massive change, you know I mm-hmm, mean? And mm-hmm. that's when I think you realise that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, Doshier, if you get it right, kind of
0: thing. Yeah, amazing, good stuff. Excellent, okay, cool. And how old were you when you made your first million? Um, I think I'm nearly
1: 50 now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me work back a bit. Oh, much. Um, or it you- uh, 20, oh, oh my so I have. You
0: made your first million win. Uh, 30s, 40s. What year or age? Uh, well, just anywhere in between that 10 year gap, I suppose. <laughs> um, that's good, good uh, we're definitely making it around about the, uh, uh, the year
1: 2000. We're definitely getting a million pound then. Nice. Um, yeah, I'll say back then actually, two thousand. Yeah,
0: yeah, things were going well then. Yeah. Fantastic, brilliant stuff. And um, finally, on the quickfire questions, I know you've got an incredible network. You've surrounded yourself with amazing people, prime ministers, royalty, celebrities. And um, who's the most famous person? Would you say that you've got in your network? When you say network, you mean you met or you... Yeah, well, in your network, you kind of, you met and you know and you can speak to... Uh, King Charles, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I've met him a few times and
1: whenever you meet him, he always talks about boilers and plumbing, so... <laughs> yeah, he does, you know what I mean? Um, he's got a good good memory on that. So, so I would say someone, obviously, is the most uh, important person I've ever met. I don't know, it could be... Oh, i trying to think of someone else. Um, you know...
0: Meet a lot of celebrities, but I don't know which funny. The King's or... pretty good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you can't really top that. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: normal, say, you know, meet, I meet whatever actors or celebrities or
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know people in different fields. But anyone know Terry Stone? Yeah. No, you know, because yeah. like he's in um, yeah. what's the film? Yeah. Soldiers. All right. Well, I mean, I don't want to say he's over important, but you know, he's 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 you know sort of quite quiet friend and I mean Tarrant is another one and just them type of
0: people I, suppose. Yep. But I don't think they're like big big <laughs> people but they're you known they're, they're people yeah nice amazing good stuff okay awesome good um, so that was a quick fire question so now I want to jump into kind of the main questions when I um, did a podcast with Charlie um, sometime last year uh, where I was walking around um, in his apartment and he was showing me around and you've basically met every single prime minister in the last 20 years and got pictures with them all and all of that type of stuff and um, next to him next to um, those pictures was a phone and you were like yeah that phone can get me a direct line straight to the Prime oh, Minister the street, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and if you yeah. go down the hallway with all the pictures it looks legit I was like really he was like that <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know I met about the last three or actually I've even met this, this trust I didn't realise but I've just seen a photo I've met her but you know and then, so when you met like the Prime Minister and, and a, a lot of other sort of um, people in the in the cabinet um, Prateek Patel and um, Hammond, I think his name Hammond, Phil Hammond, and, um, and and a lot of them. You, you sort of, um, I mean, they're, 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 you know, they're decent people mm-hmm. to meet. I think mm-hmm. in business kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. you, you know, if you can have a photo with them and then put yeah. it out there. It, it does show good credibility. Yeah.
0: Amazing, I want to come back to that a little bit later on about mixing business with politicians and getting yourself in that right network because you've done a fantastic job at that. Okay, cool, so first question then is how old were you when you left school? Uh,
1: 15, um, uh, no qualifications, limited uh, education and and. You know, I always say now, like, I realize that was a big mistake now, when I look back on it, um, I should have left at 14, you know? It was just no <laughs> you know, I always knew I was going to be a plumber, always knew I was going to be okay, because plumbers are good dosh. Um, yeah, so, you know, left at 15, but should have left at 14, but took a year out, mm-hmm. it, somewhere in between that, moving from North London to South London, and I was sort of working then. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the quicker you, get to work and the seeds are sown, the better. But, you know, some people need the education of it uh, or the educational side of it. I just think you need the drive and the enthusiasm mm-hmm. and the willpower to succeed. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I'm sure having brains is helpful.
0: <laughs> what made you um, get into plumbing?
1: Well, uh, um, at that time, uh, sort of at nine or 10 years of age, um, come from a uh, Poor family, which many people did at the time. And there was a a plumber in the area, a local plumber, and got to know him, he he had like a motorbike car, nice house, money, nice clothes, um, went on holiday and things like that. And and so he should bunk off school and help him. And, um, you know, that's, you know, i say, if if ever the seeds are sown, it's when you're young like that. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, whatever he was gonna be, I was gonna be, you know, he happened to be a plumber. If he'd have been a bank robber, I'd have been a bank robber. Um, so the seeds were sown then and um, you know we used to go in all the all the big houses in um, Primrose Hill and Amstead area and you know and that's what I wind up doing the plumbing and, and working in the good houses in Chelsea and Kensington. Mm-hmm. so whatever he'd done Bill I seem to have followed Yeah, you know he, he was a boxer and I'd done a boxing he had a, <coughs> like a shop and I bought a shop and he had a couple of divorces and I've had a couple of divorces. But, but I'm just saying, it, 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 like, it follows suit, you know what I mean? I won't go into the nitty gritty, but yeah. But, but I'm just saying is you know, that, that's how, I think, how it works. You know, we all copy off of somebody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there ain't nothing new going on out there. We just copy off of people. And I think if somebody inspires you and um, you can spend a bit of time with them, then I think it's a winner. Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing, good stuff. Um, you know, when you say you copy off people, one of the big things I've been, I'm saying with the Millionaire Mastermind is that success leaves clues. You know, and one of the main reasons that I'm bringing successful business people high net it works to the Mastermind is that, you know, we can um, follow the roadmap that's created by others to get to the success. Yeah, don't well, have to well, carve our own mean, part.
1: If, if, you know, you're all like mature looking people, wouldn't you? Not sort of, you know, you've all got a business up and running and, and you all know the basics, but, if you can pick up something off somebody, no matter what it is, you know what I mean. It might be their air. You know? It might be you know. It might be how they carry on, how they dress, or how confident they or or whatever. And you just adapt that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean you know wherever I go, it's like you're coming in. And you think, "Oh, I wouldn't mind a light like that kind of thing." And you, you, you know, no, no, but you know what I mean? It's like. It sort of we all learn off of somebody and, and i think that's what i've done you know where i've gone around you pick up saying anything oh i'm gonna do that or, yeah yeah and, that, and, that, and that's how it works in business um there's no magic formula and as you know and you know i realised realize business is a long-term sort of project it's not overnight mm-hmm. you know if you come to the front too quick you're mm-hmm. not going to stay there yeah and and then when you do get to the front you know they say it, it, it's hard to stay there. It is, but it's easier than building up. Once you're up there, you know you're up and running. And um, but you know it's, it's a it's a long-term project. And it's my my take on it is, you know, the longer that you do it, if it's working, the better you're going to get at it. I'm ask not sure him. what the question was, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, that's cool. That's answered it for it. That's answered it. Um, success leaves clues and you become a product of your environment. So what made you start out in business and how old were you? When did you realise that right I'm leaving Bill and I'm gonna go and work on my own? Well I I done an apprenticeship at fifteen mm-hmm. um, and and finished at
1: nineteen and the day I finished my apprenticeship, um, I left. You know what I mean? That was it. That's like what you do with apprenticeships, you leave and I become self-employed then at nineteen. Uh, I'd already building up a clientele as you do, mm-hmm. and um, and then I, I tried a couple of different sort of ideas of, of plumbing. I've never done nothing but plumbing, um, and um, you know I had a couple of like two bob companies like where you, you think you got it right, and then I, had a, you know, work with a couple of people and try that, and um, and that weren't for me. You know, <clears throat> I mean partnerships, I think can be they can be good in business or bad, but it would never work for me in a million years, and. Um, and then um, I, was, I was actually working in the Pimlico area and um, I was working with a, a guy called Pat Fox, like Sammy Fox's father. Anyone know Sammy Fox? The page three girl of the seventies or eighties. Well, I used to work with Pat. He was a carpenter and, and then he went off to help her do, do a, you know a modeling career. And, and I stayed in Pimlico and, and rented a, a room in Pimlico properties. Uh, he, offered, he offered us both this room in the basement. Pat went off to help her. And um, and I took the room on or the office, and uh, and that was say 1979. So, uh, whatever old it was, then, I can't remember what age it was. But yeah, um, so in 1979 was, but I'd always been. Sort of self but I've never yep. worked for a company since I well since I finished my mm-hmm. apprenticeship.
0: And when you formulated the company, um, did you have a vision for where it was going to um, end up? Did you did you want to dominate London and be the best in London, or did you kind of build to that as you went along? Because I think people sometimes, if they don't begin with the end in mind, they're unsure on the journey. Yeah. Some people are clear, some people aren't clear. No, I wasn't clear. I mean, if I'm being honest, I got offered this. Uh, room and and i was
1: having sleepless nights for you. why was a plumber want a room you know it just doesn't work does it you know you can't do your plumbing mm-hmm. in there and I, I just couldn't get it and i'm thinking i don't know what what this right is it wrong i've got to get a phone and a, an answer machine and i just didn't really sort of understand it mm-hmm. enough but something was telling me it was the way forward mm-hmm. I, I don't know what i mean i i, I didn't even set out to to start a company you know I was an individual plumber and because I was working in Pimlico and I was turning up with the jobs and people saying oh you're the Pimlico plumber because I didn't move out of Pimlico and you know and then all of a sudden I employ someone you're Pimlico plumbers kind of thing so I didn't actually set out I mean if I'm being honest all I ever wanted to be was a plumber that that was fine with me at the time but then once you sort of all of a sudden you start seeing how much wealth is out there and how mm-hmm. much money is there and you want more of it um, and then started employing people
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so so it's like he, I certainly didn't see you know nobody could see what
0: happened at the end so it, it evolved as time went on
1: yeah well i think yeah. one, once you get going and, and you know you got one person two persons and and you know you can see that where mm-hmm. it's leading to like you know you can see you know i'm a, you know if someone said me give me one business tip i'd say employ people um I don't know how you can do it without employing people. You know, most millionaire people I know, they've they've employed quite a few people. Mm-hmm. And the you know the worst thing in business is employing people. This is this is my take. Obviously, someone else would tell you totally different. But the worst thing is employing people. But it's also the best thing because I think without it, I don't see you going anywhere. Um, but that's my take. You know what I mean? So when we wrapped it up, we had four hundred and fifty people on board. And, um, and of course, that brings in the revenue mm-hmm. Amazing. And, and, and hopefully the profits.
0: Yeah, fantastic. There was one thing you said there about, um, you know, when you start to see the wealth is out there, you know, and I'm a big believer that you become a product of your environment. And you said, you know, you were working in Pimlico, you were working in the nice houses, but you didn't come from wealth. So do you think that working for the high level clientele made you, inspired you to do more than what you were doing? And it was, you know, being around those people that had built the wealth what rubbed off on you and then made you decide to go on and build wealth, yeah, to well, really I, go for
1: well, it. I say the guy, Bill Ellis, who I bunked off school with, mm-hmm. he was in these amazing houses, mm-hmm. and um, I'll be honest with you, I was convinced that he went back at night and robbed them, you know? You, as a kid, you're thinking, where does he get all this money from? So I'm thinking, he must go back at night, and we was in a bathroom once, I remember this, this even though I ain't got a good memory, and, and we're on the ground floor, and he's left the window open because of the blow lamp and all that. And I'm thinking, "Oh, I've worked it out. He's going to come back tonight." <laughs> Stupid idea, but it was that much money that he had. I thought he must break into him, and uh, and, and um, you know, so you see all that, and then when you realise it, it's not because you, you know he's going back there, <laughs> and everybody loved the guy, and um, I, I thought myself, of "Course, got, I've got to do this." So my intention, once I got to Pimlico, I knew then that you know you've got to be better this is my take. you've got to be better off working for wealthy people i mean it's easier to get money out of people that's got it than trying to get money out of people that hasn't got mm-hmm, it
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and it's, it's, i'm not saying there's no difference in people you know but i'm just sort of saying why why would you you know work for people that haven't got the money mm-hmm. if if you can work for people that have got it if you know what i mean and of course people with money you could charge more money of course you can they, they want a better quality service mm-hmm. a better product and you know, I think whatever your business is, another thing I will say to anybody, you know, it's all about quality of service or quality of product is mm-hmm. for, for me, or quality of what you do. People will always pay for quality.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, um You know, you're famous for kind of um, that high end, working for celebrities, you know, charging higher prices, amazing quality of work. But I think a lot of people, um, you know, when they start a business or they're operating their business, they think they need to kind of be the cheapest just to compete. But you've gone completely opposite. And there is not many people that are able to do that that I see across all sectors. Um, So what was it that gave you the confidence to command um, and charge those higher prices?
1: Yeah, well, again, I think it's like quality of service. You know, everybody wants a good service. And, you know, you can, you know, many people can get a 20 pound an hour plumber, Mm -hmm. And, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know, the top end of people are, are happy to pay seventy pounds an hour for a plumber. Mm-hmm. So, you, of course, you've got to get better people, and you've got to present yourself better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I just see that as an easier market. I mean, well, it's obviously an easier market because there's a million plumbing companies out there that you know are just plodding along and ain't going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought myself that you know, why not go in. Uh, at the top end I mean we weren't going in at rip off prices because you know you have to build up a customer base but by going in at the top end people expect a good quality yeah. service and as long as you provide that it's a winner
0: yeah amazing stuff so you know increasing your value proposition to the customer and making sure that you are doing what the competition isn't doing you know, yeah. if they're-
1: well, it's kind of a quality or quantity in it really Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know we was never a cut price plumbing outfit and Mm -hmm. and want to be um and you know you also find well at sales which is you know uh the cheapest is the dearest in plumbing and that's a you know straight away if you know you get a cheap plumber and you know you're paying more for it so people that have got money will rather pay the top end uh, and get the get the real deal but it's all about you know coming up with the quality you know Mm -hmm. i mean like people are you know, you buy a suit with two hundred quid or oh, I don't mean that literally mate.
2: or, or, this is or my
1: suit, Charlie. Or or five grand. You know, it's still a suit, but but you know, that's the that's the mock. <laughs> you know. but, but but you know what I'm saying? So that's whatever market you're in, not every business can can go to the you know, the the top end you know i don't know you know what i mean but if i was using a finance or an estate agent i want the best and i want to pay the best and, and get the best so there is a market out there well, What i will say you know if we didn't offer a quality service in business i wouldn't be sitting here tonight
0: mm-hmm. yeah amazing stuff so you know you really got to know your customer right
1: well yeah what, what i will say to somebody is you know you work out what your product then you work out your market sort of share, and, mm-hmm. or your market that you're going to go to, you know, and then you work the price out accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe there's anything wrong with coming in at top end, mm-hmm. long as long as it's a, a quality product and it's you know a value for money kind of thing. You know, um, it's all about the quality of what you offer. You know, but I say people will always pay for quality.
0: Who in the room would rather work for high end customers? Yeah, everyone. So you know, you got to follow Charlie's journey okay. and how. But what about donut? the ones
1: that? would Is there anyone here that is happy to work for the cheaper or not? Oh. Anyone? This lady? No. Never, no. no.
0: Well, but actually, like you say, it's all right at scale, isn't it? If you get that market right and you drive quantity, sell it cheap, stack them high, um, yeah. it's fine because there is a market for that. But it's about knowing your market, which is the important part. Primark's a very successful business and they yeah. sell a lot of cheap shit at high volume, yeah. um, you know, but it works for them. So it's okay to yeah, have that I'm business saying, look, model. It
1: doesn't work for everybody, um, you know, and, and I think you've got to speak later today, Alfie best, haven't you? Yeah. And, um, you know, he may have a different take on things, you know, totally different. It doesn't mean that I'm right, I'm just saying it worked for me. Mm-hmm. And if I went again tomorrow, mm-hmm. our, our prices would be even dearer and and, and better quality. Because people, I'll go back to Sam, people are always pay for quality. And everything I'm spatting out is things I've picked up off other people. As I say, we, we you know, I don't mean there's nothing new in business, mm-hmm. it's, it's, just, it's just picking it up and turning it to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's another thing. The thing is, no substitute for experience. And you know, I can say 41 years down the line running Pimlico, you, you hit all the down times, the up times, and so I can confidently say there's no substitute for experience. But if I went again, it'd be so much easier. It would be so much easier because you know you know what you can achieve. And mm-hmm. I, I sort of always look back and I think myself, I should have thought. I always tell people, always think big bigger the better you think, thinking. And, and even now, I would think bigger in, in plumbing. You know, if I was gonna do an advertising sign, say, you know, before I packed in, it was 20 foot long, I'd now do it 100 foot long. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm using that in, you know, I'm gonna put 10 bands on the road, I now wanna put 50. Mm-hmm. And then everything, I think, you have gotta think bigger, but, but it's practical, you know, if you can put 10 on the road, you can put 500 on the road. <laughs> You know, we would have gone national now. We, we stuck to London, and that's fine. There's loads of plumbing in London, um, but I, I could have spread out more in London, so we could have doubled their staff in London easily. I, I, I didn't really want to, if I'm being honest, go much out of London because I think, and I think it's a controlled thing. You feel comfortable, you know, being mm-hmm. on top of things. Mm-hmm. But it's it definitely, a, a, it's an old saying, but you've got to think bigger.
0: Mm you know it's funny because I hear that quite a lot from very successful people that have got there and say I wish I did it you know I wish I went bigger mm. um, and you know today's a good opportunity for you guys to hear that and it's make sure you go a, away a thinking, thinking bigger but yeah. well,
1: you've got to be practical but you know you can think as big as you want but you know it's all about you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: what are you what you're selling and mm-hmm. what your profits are but you know my take is if, if, you make, if you're making profit you never go skin mm. you know what I mean that's, that's what it's about it's about making profit um and and for a little while you think oh you know um, um is it working and you've got all the sleepless nights and and all the worrying and you know I've, i know you're gonna probably ask this anyway i think we nearly went bust twice mm-hmm. in that time and um you know it, it, you sort of think oh like well what you i think i think something's got to go on your way to get successful that's my take you know whether it be you know marriages or whether it be family you lose or friends or your health or or you know just bad deals or even financial things i, I feel that you know that to get successful there, there, there's a price to pay for it that's what i think mm-hmm. and, and and my price being on something uh say two marriages and and expensive divorces um and and you know i feel that's because of you know, I put so much into the work side of it. It, it may have happened anyhow. Yeah, I like likely I don't think it would have. But mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, you, you, you maybe you don't spend so much time with your family. You you know, the more successful you get, the the you know you lose friends and you know you got all this like you know the jealousy mm-hmm. thing that comes. in, but it, it's all part of it. But if I. Would I do the same tomorrow? Yeah, do it bigger, you know what I mean? You know, I don't mind having four wives and but where <laughs> I am, that
0: kind of thing. The question I was gonna ask then, looking back from that, was it worth it? Everything oh. you've sacrificed, was it worth Undoubtedly. it? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Yeah,
1: amazing. Know. Um, you know, things may have happened anyhow, yeah. you know, you may be you well. Know, I mean, I remember once we went to see a liquidator, that's how close it was to go and bust, we went to see two liquidators. And um, this was in Late 80s, I think, uh,
0: around about. Can I come on to that story a little bit later down the line? Of course. Yours, yeah, it's thank you. <laughs> I want to hold you. To, I want to hold that one and come back to it. So, you were talking about um, thinking bigger. So, the next question for me was why did you decide to scale up? And could you give some practical advice on going from 1 million turnover to 10 million turnover? <laughs>
1: Yeah, why did I decide to um, scale up? It's, it's simple. It's for money to get more money. And, you know, no, I can't answer it any other way. You know what I mean? I you know was earning that amount with a, a few people, and if this is what you're earning out of a million pound turnover, so I wouldn't call it greed. I would just say the the want of wanting better things. You know, I wanted. Better car, better house, better all of this. So, uh, the, the the reason <clears throat> I done
0: it was purely for money. You know, to make more money. Fantastic. Um, and what was the other part of the question? Um, could you give some practical advice on going from a million turnover to ten million? What are the things that you need to consider? Yeah, well, definitely employing more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely
1: getting bigger premises because I think you grow into them, um, and marketing more. You know. We, we, we moved into PR in uh, about 2000 when we got the big building, and you know, I'd never heard about having a PR company then. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I had a company come down from Leeds to put some electric gates in for a, motors and that in and out. And, and this woman from Leeds, quite well known up there, she said, who does your PR? And I'm looking and I'm thinking, what are you talking about PR? I was I don't know what you're talking about, and she said, "Oh, look, we we get you in this magazine. You know, that's what you have to do." And she was quite well known up Leeds in it, and then so she put me onto a PR company called Recognition, which I think is a blinding name, and uh, they're up in Darlington, and, and I'm still with them now. You know, I'm still with them now. That's there, but I knew nothing about PR, and then when she mentioned it, and, and we've done it, and then people say to me now, "Is PR worth it?" You know, and and. And, you know, people say, I can't afford PR. And instead that, saying, can you afford not to have PR? Uh, again, I would say to take a business forward, you've got to be, you know, whether it be the social media or a PR company. And, um, you know, so, so the PR side of it is a great way to grow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It really is. And, and again, I learned over the years that you could be the best plumbing company, you could be the best company there is, but if nobody don't know about it, yeah, there's no point. So recognition is incredibly important, I think, in business.
0: So it's not can you afford to have a PR company? It's you well, can't afford, you afford not to, not to have, have one. one. Yeah, amazing. And, and you've got a lot of
1: people now do a lot of social media, and social media doesn't cost too bob anyhow, mm. You know, but there is much better things. You know, I mean, you know, we've 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 advertised on everything possible, kind of thing, um, and you know, a lot a lot of um, <clears throat> press exposure, and you
0: know, that that that's as cheap as chips. You know. Uh, do you know what you pay? Do you know roughly what you were spending as a percentage of turnover on marketing each year? Well, with um, Google and all, about a million pound. About a million. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the turnover
1: on that f- million? Uh, well, that's when we, when we wrapped up, so we was on uh, fifty mil. Yeah. Okay. Turnover. Amazing. But, but if I was going now, I'd spend two million on it because I know the power of of, of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had big big sort of balled up on, on, on our premises above the railway and we were just in the stage of getting it sort of like LED and that type of thing. And the power of it is
0: amazing. You know, advertisement is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and while, just while we're on the PR, on, on, um, on um, marketing and PR, you've kind of intertwined your, inter- you are Pimlico. Yeah, um, well, you are Pim, you're the front man. You know, do you think that's a good strategy for business owners here to go down is to, do they build their, in, do they build their business brand or do they build their personal brand or should they be their business brand to a level, intertwined? Well,
1: look, uh, it worked for me, so I'm gonna say it's a winner all day yeah. long. But, you know, it's, everybody's different, isn't they? You know, uh, it, you know it's often people say to me, you know, when I sold the business, they're saying, well, is it gonna work without you? But I, was, I wasn't there a lot at the end, you know, my son was running it. Uh, for years I was there I was doing the PR in the end and, and it was still bringing in you know I didn't need to do no other work if I'd done one telly a week or one radio or a bit of press you know bringing in the work so fantastic I don't know you know is it, I, I think I think a company needs a, a figurehead mm-hmm. you know the people need to know that but in the end we, we had lots of people doing the PR so it was a win-win-win situation but again they they learned that from me I, the value of PR is incredible mm-hmm. you know
0: Fantastic, great advice. So, just to recap for everybody, it was hire people, hire more people, upgrade your premises, and invest in PR. Or marketing or PR.
1: You know, without that, because everybody else is doing it. And and of course, there's that saying everybody knows it. of trying to be different and and that's so important the different thing you know and, and i realised that with a uniform and a number plates you know plumbing related number plates mm-hmm. and the pr side of it and you know uh women plumbers and we went big on apprentices and you know if i'm being honest, when i first started off i had done a list of of say about 20 things that is bad in the industry and i would say to anybody pick your what you're doing and then come up with what people moan about. Like, so with plumber, it was like not turning up on time, our hanging out of his trash, like a scruffy person, um, rusty old van, not finishing the job, not being transparent, not cleaning up after him. very basic things. Mm-hmm. And um, all I'd done was, you know, I'd, I always say weren't that we were so good, it was just that the others were so bad. You know they turn up late, we turn up early, Dirty van, clean van. Transparent, they're not telling the price. Finish the job. And i come up with about 20 items and just stuck to that. And, and I would say to anybody if you do it the right way, then that's the only way for, for me, anyhow, to do everything the right way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing, fantastic. So other than, biz, other than um, Pimlico, uh, when you started making money, have you got any other investment strategies? Did you start to invest in property or stocks? or? Uh, uh,
1: no, to be honest, no. I always say that I've only ever done plumbing. I mean, I knew I was on a winner mm-hmm. and a, a jockey don't change a winning all. So mm-hmm. I stuck purely with it. All my time, all my money, everything went into that. And it, and it worked for me. So. Yep. But, you, you know, you have Alfie up here and he's probably got... 200 businesses, you know, it, it's how you feel about it. But I think mm-hmm. if you want on a winner, I don't see why you would dilute yourself elsewhere. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know nothing other than like how to run a plumbing company kind of yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, have I got some property? Yeah, you know, but I, I didn't do that as a, as a sideline. That's, mm. that's just, you know, you see a property, you buy it, or, you know, I'm not into renting out property and things like mm-hmm. that. But I think because of my experience over the years of, Property, you know, we've been working in them, and you know, top end, and what you can do with them. So I thought it was obvious. I might as well just stick to property. Yeah. You know, you ain't got to be that. You can buy a property, and leave it empty. There's a chance, oh, it's going to go up anyhow, isn't it? You ain't got to be anything clever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I've built with nothing else other than that. But on on as uh, now, like I've got some villas and that in Spain, and some. Bit, I'm just buying a commercial building there in uh, Lambeth. Um, I ain't even sure what I'm gonna do with it. I've got a few ideas, but I'm not necessarily looking to, you know, go out and make loads of dosh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've sort of got some ideas that I, but I think it's, a, you know, I, I don't feel going wrong. Like everybody says, Properties Normal has been a fairly safe sort of bet, especially in London.
0: Mm. Amazing. And I think it's a really um, uh, important point here, because, you know, you, you've you've built one business and been in it for a very very long time and exited that business very successfully yeah and you knew that that was your opportunity vehicle to kind of hit the big time yeah and you were making loads of money on the way so that's what you believe to be um, your best focus yeah and, uh, undoubtedly yeah and as you say there will be somebody like Alfie that will come later who has probably got 200 businesses so what the point that I'm trying to make at for you guys, is you've got to decide if your opportunity vehicle is the one that you're going to stick with long term. You want to be in it for the next 40 years, that you see the opportunity to exit, and you go all in on that one thing. Because the big thing that I've been saying to everybody here is to not just focus on building one business, focus on building wealth. But I don't want to contradict that statement, because Charlie's story has been extremely successful by going all in on one business. But you've got to know your individual opportunity vehicle. And is it going to return you that big win after many, many years yeah, of investment?
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it's as simple as, you are exactly right, as simple as that. I mean, I find that, you know, I get offered probably every month, you know, do you want to invest in this? Do you want to get involved in it? I've had it for years since day one, and my answer's always no. It's always been no. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'd be a lot more wealthier, maybe, but for me, I just couldn't see the point of diluting mm-hmm. myself. You know i'd want to be involved in everything else where the plumbing one i'm thinking well we're doing good we we you know every time we employed people every time the figures grew with people the the um the revenue grew. Mm-hmm. you know it was a no-brainer like if i put a, a plumber in a van all kitted up he's going to go out and bring some money in kind of thing it was it was like a winning formation and of course obviously with your guys out there you got to bring more in the in the, in the office more people in and then I've got this massive building and and at the end we're like gonna be building on the top of it kind of thing. So uh, it was was like for me it was straightforward. I think a lot of people complicate business, I really Mm. do.
0: And it is difficult to, um, you know, to be able to divide your time correctly. right? As you say, if you'd have left that business, you would have diluted it, but you knew that's what you wanted to be all in on. But I think as entrepreneurs, people get lots and lots of different ideas and the trick is to make sure that you're not jumping too quickly before one's established and it can run itself or you've got the people running it for you. But it's also important to know that you don't spend 40 years building a business that's going to go nowhere. Yeah, you because know, yeah, you course. can waste that time, right? I, and
1: it's... I, I totally, look, yeah. you know, got, you got You know what you're doing and where it's going, and as I say, it's a long-term venture, but I, I, I'm going to go back to what I'm saying. I believe if you're not employing people, I just don't know, you know, I know you'll get this wonder person on the computer and he's going to comes up with making up, but I just don't know without employing people where you can make more money. Does, does everyone in there employ people? Everyone, yeah. Anyone not employ people? Well, I'll you don't employ no one. No. no. Okay, but do you plan to? Yeah. yeah. What about the other chap? You got a plan to employ? Yeah. So, so I ain't telling you nothing you don't know. It's, it's just, it's so. How would you put it? It's so basic, the things. But we don't realise how easy it is, if you know what I mean. I mean, I'd go. If so, if I was sitting there today, and I employed two people, I'm going to I'd immediately turn them into four, providing your business has got that scope. And, you know, I presume it has, you know what I mean? I don't think anyone's just, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, doing it to wear our clothes that, you know what I mean? So, and then I would get a, a bigger premises and people say, I don't believe all this working from home nonsense, but it works for other people. Anyone work from home? Oh. Yeah. Uh, it works. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it, it works for you. But I'm just saying is, you know, irrespective of what the experts say about cost of, uh, of place, I won't use people to work from home. That's me. Like, you know, I, I, you know, and that's not being unkind to you, fella. I'm just, for me, I like people who've got a proper office, got a proper sort of address, be, be more accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for me, I don't want... I just don't like that idea of it, and and we didn't allow it on the company, and it proved dividends. You know, we come up with no working from home nonsense Mm -hmm. for for us, Mm -hmm. Um, and and it proved dividends. But but we're all being told, you know, that's that's not the way forward. But if I started tomorrow, I'd go and buy the biggest building I could get, and uh, and 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 be there. You know, I mean, there's there's nothing like. You know, being in front of somebody is there. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do business with somebody, or you know, I mean, how can you interview somebody on a computer? Do you know they can say what they want, can't they? And then they turn up, and
0: it's like some oddball that you put an employer to take. <laughs>
1: no, they are. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I've got that's not, that's not so there's for a long.
0: direct relation between the amount of people that you employ and the amount of money that you make. Well, I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's yeah. I mean, it works for up me. The team. Yeah.
1: And it, and it, you know, many, many. Successful people, you know, mm-hmm. you talk to them and it's like sugar. I mean, yep. God knows how many people with mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and and and. Oh, I know Witherspoons are going down, but you know the the again he's got a match. I think is it thirty thousand employees, mm. but you know he's sort of fuck up. I think it's just that uh, you know the costing of, of premises and pubs is just not practical now. Yeah, and, uh,
0: yeah, but yeah. Amazing, love that stuff, excellent, okay, cool. So um, now we're gonna talk about failure, if that's okay? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll go back to what you said. Um, so um, when scaling a business, I think that you know, a lot of people don't grow because they're afraid to fail, yeah? So how do you overcome um, that fear of failure and give yourself the confidence that if it goes wrong, you're going to be able to um, go again? Yeah, I I don't know. I was hoping you'd tell me, I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, look. Have you ever had a fear of failing or did you just go for it You you always,
1: you know, look, whatever you're doing, it's like if you buy a new car, is it the right move? You know, when I bought the first plumbing-related number plate, it was six grand, it was drained. And I'm like having sleepless nights, am I mad? Why would you do that, you know, 30 years ago? And then all of a sudden, you know, I've got people, like before, I left bidding me 150, 200 grand. You couldn't buy it off me for a million pounds once I've got it, and and you've got to have that fear, and, and you think, oh, I bought another two vans. Is it the right move or wrong move? You've got to be, you've definitely got to sort of, um, you know, do things. You can't sit still. But uh, you know, you're always, we're always going to think if this goes wrong, and then you know, it went wrong for me uh, in the late 80s. I I, I bought a premises in Lambeth, this two and a half square foot. I just bought a Range Rover, you know, all sounded good, just gone off to Australia, like a month in Australia, everything was great. I come back and everyone tells me there's a recession, as if I must have been the only bloke that didn't know. I bought a quarter million pound off the bank, and um, you know, it was nearly gone, and then probably a year later, um, I'm seeing two liquidators. Another good bit of advice, I'd say, always, on important things, always get a second opinion. I went and see one liquidator, and he said, how much you owe, and it was, say, 300k or something with tax and uh, suppliers, how much you got? Nothing. Okay, you need to go bus, and I'll get you up and running again. And he had people queuing up at his door, like, in, um, I can't fucking remember, in Holborn somewhere, and... um, And it was a lot of them was Jewish people, which, you know, and he was Jewish, and and my accountant was Jewish, a new accountant. And he said, look, we we get some advice. He owes me a favor. And he was charging three grand. Anyhow, we didn't do it, but he wanted us just to stop, try and start again. Um, And that's what people was doing. And then my accountant said, you know what? Let's get a second opinion. We went to another liquidator and the guy said, look, you know what you got this and, and he said look you're going to at the moment your house is at the end of the tunnel you're going to lose it if you go bust you're going to lose it so he said you might as well fight for it and that's what we've done so but that second opinion sort of you know i was going to chuck the towel in then and lose my house or try and fight for it and the fact that we we'll, we're we'll carried on for it and then they always say you know if, 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 if you take a, a banging business and you come through it you'll come out stronger the other side and right as I said, that was in, say, 1991, 1992, about mm-hmm. four or five years. In the year 2000, I'm buying this 30,000 square foot building, you, you know, which is amazing when you think you're nearly gone. And, and then, of and course, once you're nearly gone, you ain't going to have that no more. Do you know what I mean? You sort of, um, you really mm-hmm. get your act put together then. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and um, when that happened to you, it didn't knock your confidence to stop yeah. you from going again oh. or did it for a period of time?
1: Well, it knocked my confidence because, you know, you're worrying about, you know, you've got it wrong, you've failed, you didn't do it right, I should have done this, should have done that. Um, yeah, of course it knocks your mm-hmm. confidence, but, but, you know, it, it was, you have to change then, there's a big change, and we just changed our policy. I mean, at that time, we had people, we used to give the customers credit, and pay here, it, pay there, it, but then we changed it overnight to payment on completion. And everybody said to me that ain't going to work. You know, people, you know, ain't got the money. You know, and then of course, obviously, there was credit cards that be, that came in, and it worked perfect. You know, so most people go bust because somebody owes them money, and 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 I think we had about eighty grand owing us at the time. We had overdraft, and um, you know, it just wasn't working. So we changed it to payment on completion overnight, and it changed all of a sudden. We had money in the bank. And, um, and, and, you know, then I changed a lot of things, obviously not just that, but that was the main thing. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I changed was that every member of staff we had. Everybody went, they, you know, well, they was jumping ship in there like rats, like they do. And, uh, you know, but everybody, there's not one person, uh, with me today that was with me then. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I've got people with me now that have been with us 20, 25 years for, for, 30 years, you know what I mean? They've been there, I say nearly 30 years, but nobody back in them days. And I think you have to make major changes in a business if it's going wrong. And the worst thing is, you know, is 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 getting rid of people. But, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't sort of, uh, I suppose, be ruthless, I'm probably just Mm going to say it. I'm not, you know, a lot of people disagree with it, but. You know, they'd they'll be happy for you to go down. You know, you'd lose your house and all they want is more, more, more. So you just have to vice versa. And, you know, people say to me, you're ruthless in business. I ain't ruthless. I'm fair, um, but I'm very direct. You know, we haven't got time to to sort of, um, you know, it's not a game to play. It's serious. And when you nearly lose your house, you know what I mean? You've really got to... Well, hopefully it never gets that to you. But so therefore, I would say have that little bit of... Um, you know, directness, blunt, people say I'm blunt, rude, direct, say what you want, you know, I'm successful. Uh, where are we? Fantastic. I'm, I'm waffling on You're this, Good it's, like, it's like not all about me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic, exactly what we want to hear. Um, <clears throat> so are you a plan A and there's no plan B because it distracts you from plan A kind of guy, or are you a always must have a backup plan kind of guy? Uh, I
1: don't think so. No, I don't think I have a backup. You know, I remember, I've never been a pension guy, you know, there's probably a few pension sellers here. Anyone sell pensions? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when people tell you, build a pension, you know, pay into this, pay into that. I couldn't see that. I could never see how that could Mm. work. You know what I mean? You're giving all this money for 40 years and if you get to that age, you're going to get a couple of quid. Mm. And, And then someone said to me, make your own pension. And they said, like, your pot of gold that you want at the end of it, you know, make it so, you can either go through a pension fund, you can buy shares and bonds, you can buy property, you can invest in this. And then when he explained that to me, make your own pension. And it's simple, you know, so I made my pension by, say, buying my house kind of thing, you know, that was gonna be my pension. Um, you know, I I've never, never. I say I've had a couple of two bob pensions that they, they can and just do it for whatever reason. But I've never, that's one wouldn't rely on. So there's other options. It's so direct, and it make your own pension. Do you know what I mean? Buy a property, um, buy a property, in, in, invest in stocks and shares, um, or whatever you want to do. But but I think I think you're all capable of, of making your own pot of gold. Is what I'm saying. Don't don't follow what they tell you. Um, all the busybodies out there you know what I mean because, because if if they was right you know it's like you hear all these people say this is what you do this is the formality well everyone would be a millionaire wouldn't they if they was right so I think it's it, you've got to be your own individual I know it's all old and you, you've all you hear this all the time but you know it's, it's, it's right and busy you've got to be different you've got to be brave you've got to have all the enthusiasm in the world and for sure you're going to take plenty of knocks and plenty of sleepless nights. But, you know, there's no business like your own business, is there, you know?
0: Fantastic. How important is it to um, prepare yourself, not just for failure, but prepare yourself for success? So when you start, you know, um, growing your business and you start making lots of um, money and you start to build your brand, like, you know, that can change your life quite substantially. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's, It's bad having no money
1: coming Mm -hmm. in. And and I don't know you can prepare yourself for that, if I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. because if you're thinking like, I'm going to fail, you're not going to give it your full whack. I mean, I I don't think none of us really think we're going to fail. We all think we're smart and we're on a winner.
0: but what was the other bit of the question? Um, how do you prepare yourself for success? Because well, you know, well, when you start yeah. making loads of money, yeah. all of a sudden, if you're not used to it, it can yeah. um, you know, come as quite a shock, right? Yeah,
1: well, well again, I, 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 I don't know that I prepared for myself. Whether money was coming in and everything changes, better car, better holiday, I'll do this, do that, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're spending too much money. Mm-hmm. And I remember some of their plumbers, they're earning a couple of grand a week and they've come from a job from 500 a week. And they was going off the rails with it. You know, they was overspending. Yeah. All of a sudden they didn't want to work. And, and and I used to tell them when they joined us, you know, you've got to sort of, you know, be able to handle money. And, uh, you know, I've never been able to do that come from no money. It's, I don't know how you can teach somebody mm. to, to do it but I, I think the simple answer is just be prepared for a rainy day you know that old saying and and, and, and because it will come you know mm. it, 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 you've got all this money and then all of a sudden you know like what I've done I was getting money and I bought I bought this premises I borrowed a quarter of a million pounds I think things are great and it was nearly wiped out mm-hmm. so I think that when you've got money I, th- I think my thing I always think that you know, it may end kind of thing, so be a bit more cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I spend money like like water now, you know, and, and not just all on myself, I mean, with family and, and, and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, it, it's not going to run out for me, and I don't mean that, but it can run out, and I think you've got you to gotta think that, the, look, nothing's forever, is it? Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's forever. But it's a great feeling to be able to go where you want, private jet, and... You know, do whatever you want, you know what I mean? Best hotels and well it's all lovely, but you know, you just gotta sort of keep an eye on it. I think you've got to get real, you know what I mean? And I suppose don't live above your means is probably the simplest, isn't it? But it's a nice Fantastic. feeling to, you know, it's a, it's a lovely one to have that, you know. It's a good um, problem
0: to have. That's it, that's it, yeah. That, yeah,
1: yeah. Like as like with all the downside of what I've done, I, I would still you know, I wouldn't change it kind of thing, you know, I wouldn't change it, you know. People say to me, you're on the telly on this, you've done this, done that, and you know, they slag you off, you know, you get all that shit on on the thing, but I'd still rather it be me than another plumbing company, that was my take. I'd rather be me driving the Bentley than say, than say, uh, Joseph. You no, know, you know what I yeah. mean, and I'm not being, you know, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, you probably go, is that your car, man? Yeah. Then a blue one.
0: Uh, the uh, Range Rover yeah, not the Lamborghini. Oh no, I, I see uh. so
1: um, But you, you know what I mean. I think if you don't want it, someone else will have it, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. Fantastic. Um, what's the biggest opportunity that you've created from networking? Oof, oh, I don't know. You know. Uh, I really don't know. It's the answer. I mean, what, anything like, you, like. What about like meeting politicians? Has that opened any doors yeah, for like, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was going to say wherever you.
1: What I find wherever you go, it has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? So like today, some of you meet up. Some of you have ideas. You'll pick something up on that, or you meet. Uh, I, I, I think my one thinking a bit. You know, when you get start getting out there a bit, and you get a few like recognised people. And then my p r company said to me, "Always get a picture, mm. so most importantly, get a picture and uh and then you live off that picture. I mean, I joined the Prince's Trust quite a few years ago, and I joined it for one basis am being honest um yeah i love i love I love kids you know what I mean I went to school with them but, uh, <laughs> but you know it's good to train people and get them like. To copy you, kind of thing, and and I like that idea of it. But the real reason I joined the Princess Trust was to get a picture with Prince Charles. So I signed up for four years as some ambassador or something, giving them a few quid, and I got a picture within a year. And that picture has been priceless. So uh, I think I'm trying to say is that, you know, for wherever it is, even today, you know, I don't mean with me and that, just here, where if you ever meet, I don't know, important people or so-called, um, you know, people that have been successful, always get a picture because, you know, putting that on your sort of brand kind of thing, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, I'll put the Princess Charles picture up and, and you know, everybody wants to talk to you all of a sudden, you know? So... Um,
0: so leveraging know. other people's brand yeah, so is very, from, very probably important. Probably from networking,
1: yeah. I think, is... There'll be someone in the room that is... You can use that value of them, kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know, maybe this guy's in this business, and all of a sudden he's in the paper, and you start. Like, oh, he was at this network with him. So, meet, meeting people, is, you just don't know what's what's there, kind of thing. And you know, I've never gone anywhere yet that it doesn't lead on to something else. You know what I mean?
0: So when we finish the interview, we're all going to jump outside and everyone's going to take pictures with us, right? So make sure you're sharing the pictures on your social media, yeah, based on what Charlie's saying. Let people know that you're part of the Millionaire Mastermind, you're getting to meet incredible speakers, um, you know, you're being part of this program. And, leverage charlie's brand like charlie's leveraging other people's brands you know show show the world what you're doing the move yeah. that you're making get the attention tag charlie i'm sure he's going yeah. to retweet
1: so right it sounds you know it, it, it doesn't sound a big deal now but mm. believe me you know I, I, i'm living off pictures all the time you know what i mean mm. something comes up you know and i just I, I, it, in a lot of things, I've got three pictures of the last three prime ministers, and then my PR company come up one the other day, she said, look, you met this List Trust at some function, and she wasn't even prime minister. But again, I was told, always get a picture, mm. you know, uh, it, when I say, you know, you don't know how important these people are, but, you know, I think, you know, top celebrities and ministers and that, there's always a, a good spinoff of, of it,
0: you know what I mean? amazing good stuff final question um, for the podcast before we go to audience questions would be what legacy do you want to leave on the planet oh your
1: questions are hard don't they
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what legacy um,
1: I, 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 yeah I think, I think look, I'm a great advocate of apprenticeships you know that's how I started and without doing an apprenticeship I wouldn't be up here and, and I wouldn't be Wealthy, and I wouldn't have had an amazing sort of business and an amazing life. Um, so, so for me, it's, you know, all about apprenticeships, it's all about getting youngsters into work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I think we've pushed apprenticeships so much. I mean, if Osborne was still in power, uh, there'd be a government run apprenticeship scheme. I spoke to him years ago and said, you need to turn job benefit money into a job allowance, give it to the employer, who can then up the apprentices' money and rather than sitting at home, you know, they come to work and, and get a reasonable wage. And if they'd done that, and, and you know, I said, when you leave school, you should either have, have a job, university or an apprenticeship. And I, I just feel that the most important thing is somebody getting into work and, 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 and getting a job. As Soon as you get a job, it changes everything. So if you think about it, we'd all be driving ourselves mad if we didn't have a job. And so I feel that just, just to send that message out to, to a youngster, mm-hmm. the difference of getting a job is, is amazing. Um, so, so some form of, you know, uh, I, I owe so much for the apprenticeship thing, you know. The, the, the plumber guy that I met with him years ago when I was working with him, he said to me, if you do an apprenticeship, you'll, you'll never be out of work and you'll earn loads of money. And, and I'll say that to, to youngsters now. And more so today now, you know what I mean? I mean, you've got a skill today and an apprenticeship. I mean, you're like on your road to a millionaire. So that would would be my my biggest thing that I want to put back into anything is that youngsters understand the value of a job and what you can achieve from a job,
0: yeah. Fantastic. All right, guys, let's give Charlie a big, big round of applause. Thank you. (laughs) Fantastic, good.
1: Thank you for listening to the Trade Mastermind Trade Secrets Podcast. If you want to
0: find out how Trade Mastermind can help you further, head to our website trademastermind.co.uk and don't forget to like and subscribe.